Street and their new addition with us today. Amen. We're going to go straight to the Word of God. If you would open up your Bibles, if you don't have your Bibles, it will be on the screen behind you. We're going to Genesis chapter 37. That's a tough one to find. Genesis 37. If you don't know where that is, ask your neighbor. We're gonna, I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. That will be up on the screen if you are reading from a different translation. That is quite fine. Amen. Glad to be in the house of the Lord today. I'm thankful for the opportunity. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. I give you honor today. Starting in verse 31 of chapter 37, it says this. Then Joseph's brothers killed a goat and dipped the robe in its blood. They took the beautiful robe to their father and asked him to identify it. We found this in the field, they told him. It's Joseph's robe, isn't it? And their father recognized it at once. Yes, he said, it's my son's robe. A wild animal has attacked and eaten him. Surely Joseph has been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, and put on sackcloth, and he mourned, would you say he mourned, deeply for his son for many days. His family all tried to comfort him, but it was no use. And Jacob said, I will die in mourning for my son, and then begin to weep. You see, it would be 20 long years before Jacob would see Joseph again. 20 years before he would see him again. But worse than that, he spent those years agonizing over the death of a son who was not really dead. And, and that is the ultimate torment of mine. A needless agony, a pointless sorrow, a senseless despair. Because Joseph was Jacob's dream. But Jacob's dream was not dead. It was only delayed. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 12 in the New Living Translation says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. How many can testify to that? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when dreams come true, there is what? Life and joy. Would you say life? Come on, say it. Life and joy. Today I want to tell you that your dream is greater than your disappointment. Your dream is greater than your disappointment. Would you put your Bible out down and raise your hands towards heaven and ask the Lord to help us this morning. Father, give me a revelation today, Lord God, from your word. Give me a new perspective from your word today, Lord God. Open my mind to hear what you would have me to hear. Lord God, to give me strength, to give me wisdom. Lord God, to give me hope. Lord Jesus, that in spite of my disappointment, God, you still have a promise for me today in the name of Jesus as you clap your hands as you're seated this morning amen God had quickened to my soul a few weeks back about holding on to the promises of God there's an old song there's an old song that talks about the promises of God but how many times have we literally said God you promised this and held on to that 
because we were so disappointed that maybe have not have happened. Dis- to disappoint means to fail or to come up, uh, fail to come up to the expectation or the hope of. It also means to frustrate. Jacob was disappointed, to say the least, because his expectations and his hopes were dashed. They were gone. His plans for his favorite son were frustrated, and God did not arrange the events of his life or provide him with the fulfillment of his dreams in the way that Jacob thought best. But God was still at work, and one day he would hear the the most favored words probably of his life, Joseph is still alive. Because even when we are disappointed, God is still at work behind the scenes. Your dream is not dead. Turn to your neighbor and say, your dream is not dead. It is only delayed. Oh, come on. Are you going to get with me this morning? Come on. The dream has been alive for 20 years, but Jacob has not known it. He has a chance to rediscover his dream. How many of you have been in the way for for 20 years or more? And you can recall a promise that God gave you 20 years ago, 5 years ago, 10 years ago, that has still not come to pass yet. Genesis chapter 45, verses 25 through 28 says, And they left Egypt and returned to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. Joseph is still alive, they told him. And he's a ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob was stunned. Has it been so long that you forgot about the promise of God? That when God does something in your life, you can't even react. Because your expectation has left. Your expectation has left. You have no longer held on to the promises of God. You're still you're battling new things. You're walking through new doors. But meanwhile, the promise is still there. Your dream is still there. He couldn't believe it, it says in verse 26. Verse 27 says, But when they gave him Joseph's messages, and when he saw the wagons loaded with the food sent by Joseph, his spirit revived. Then Jacob said, it must be true. It must be true. My son Joseph is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. Hold on to the promise of God. There's a lot of things that I can look over this audience and see that we may consider problems or needs that we have. But those needs may drive us to the dream that God gave us 20 years ago. We may not understand the fulfillment of how it's going to work out, but it is going to work out. You have to realize that your dream is still calling after you. Turn to your neighbor and say, my dream is greater than my disappointment. Jacob had long since stopped inquiring about Joseph, but Joseph was still inquiring about him. Go back, pick up your dreams. Every single, there's not one person in here that doesn't have a dream, a God-given dream. Go back, pick up your dreams, because they will be right where you left them, but you must make the journey. You must make the journey. The song says we've sung a hundred thousand times beyond the open door, new and fresh anointing. Hear the Spirit calling. 
There are a lot of things that we'll call our flesh. There are a lot of things that we'll call our spirit that aren't godly. But hear the spirit of God calling you. Walk on through the door because the Lord will go before you into a greater power. What does it say? That you've never known before. Revelation chapter 3 verse 8 says this. I know all the things you do. And I have opened a door for you that no man, no one can shut. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Your dream is chasing after you today. The call of God is still chasing after you today. Despite your shortcomings, despite your mistakes today, be encouraged. It might take a journey to get back to that dream, but it is still waiting for you. God has not forgotten about you. And just like Jacob, we have to change our attitude. It's time to go from mourning to faith. Jacob had to believe the report about Joseph and stop mourning. He had to change a 20-year-old attitude if he wanted to rediscover his dream. You see, you got two options when you come into this church. You can come in here saying, oh, I've got a disappointing life. I'm always coming back here empty. Or you can say, my life is good. I'm happy. I'm going to come in here, and even though I might be empty, I know I'm going to leave full. I know I'm coming. I know I'm going to get a word from the Lord. I know I'm going to receive strength. You see, according to the theory of aerodynamics, as demonstrated through wind tunnel tests, you, you, the common bumblebee should be unable to fly because of the size and the weight and the shape of its body in relationship to its wings, wingspan and spread. Flying is scientifically impossible for the bumblebee. But the bumblebee, being ignorant of the negative conclusion of scientific theory, goes ahead and flies every day. It doesn't matter what statistics say about you. It doesn't matter what your bank account says about you. It doesn't matter what your prescription says about you. It doesn't matter what your social media says about you. It doesn't matter what's on your resume. It matters what God has spoken for you to do, for you to be. Say, my dream is greater. My dream is greater. It's time we change our attitude. They say attitude is the advancement of our true selves. It's the roots are inward, but its fruit is outward. It is our best friend or our worst enemy. It is more honest and more consistent than our words, our attitude. It is an outward look based on past experiences. It is a thing that draws people to us or repels them away. It is never content until it is expressed. This is our attitude. It is the librarian of our past, the speaker of our presence, 
and the prophet of our future. I'm sure we've all heard of Nike. And if I ask you what is Nike's theme, what is their logo, it would be what? Just do it. There was an article written from a medical journal. It says, we hear it almost every day. Sigh, sigh, sigh. I just can't get myself motivated. We've got a to-do list of the things we want to do in our life, the things we want to do, the things we, we want other people to do. I just can't find the motivation to put down this candy bar. That's me. We have news for you, says this, this uh, uh, article. It says, we have news for you. Motivation is not going to strike you like lightning. And motivation is not something that someone else can bestow or force on you. You see, the words that I'm speaking aren't necessarily motivation. They are God's word when essentially could be reality. Motivation is not something that someone else can bestow or force on you. The whole idea of motivation is a trap. Forget motivation. Just do it. Exercise, lose weight, whatever. Do it without motivation. And guess what? After you start doing the thing, that's when the motivation comes. And it makes you easier to keep on doing it. You see, motivation is like love and happiness. It's a byproduct of doing that. When you're actively engaged in doing something, it sneaks up on you. And zaps you when you least expect it. The Harvard psychologist Jerome Bruner says, You are more likely to act yourself into feeling than feel yourself into acting. Did you hear what I said? You're more likely to act yourself into feeling than to feel yourself into acting. So act. Am I talking too loud? Good. Act. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time for you to act. Now point to yourself and say, it's time for me to act. Whatever it is, you should just do it. For so long, we rely on this flesh to motivate our spirit when that is not biblical. We are not to be led by our human nature, but led by the Spirit. And there is nothing that the Spirit can't overcome. There is no problem that our flesh has that the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost inside of us, cannot overcome and compensate for. When Jacob heard the messages from Joseph, his spirit revived him. And he made a decision to go to Egypt. You can hear God's message and make a decision to rediscover the dream. It's okay to forget about things. I forgot my wallet at home this morning. I do it all the time. We can be forgetful. But guess what? It's still in my mind now because I forgot it. Once you rediscover something, it stays important as much as you want it to be. I was talking with my sister-in-law last night about a, a, a young person who they were trying to talk to and, and reach about the word, teach the word of God, reach them, and they were just, you know, I don't understand this, I don't understand that. And I said, is there a valid want 
Is there a valid want to learn about God? Because you can walk through these doors, and you can fill a seat, you can clap your hands, but if there isn't a valid hunger, if there isn't a valid thirst to get something and to take it out here and to use that, then you're going to live in disappointment, and your disappointment will overwhelm and overshadow everything that you try to do. But if you understand, God, I am hungry for this. For so long, we've allowed our human nature, our flesh, to dictate what we're hungry for. But what does the Word of God say? That men shall not live by what alone? Bread. Physical. It's not time for us to stay in the physical. It's not time for us to be in the flesh. It is time for us to walk. It's time for us to take a journey. It's time for you to, journey, to join journey class. I don't care if you've been here 50 years. Can you tell someone the plan of salvation? Can you talk to someone about realistically what the Godhead is? Just because you've been in the church. I've been attending here for 20 years. Oh, I've never taken a, whatever you want to call it. Don't put labels on Bible studies. There's a door open for every single person here to learn about what God is calling us to do. Why we should be a disciple. What is being a disciple? Talk to Brother Arnell. Better yourself. Rediscover your dream. You can hear God's message and make a decision to rediscover your dream that God has placed in your heart. In Psalms chapter 73, verse 2, David said this, But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish. How many times have I just wanted something because I saw an advertisement for it? Foolishness, that my flesh is rose up, rise up, whatever that word is, I'm not saying it right, brought to my attention, covered my eyes. I really need that. Foolishness. I'll get off of that. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, understand what they're talking about there. If you don't understand what that is, read that scripture again. Verse 16 says, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until, until I went into the sanctuary of God. Some of us are battling with envy. Okay, I was right. Some of us are battling envy because of whatever. And God is saying, that's not what you should be battling for today. Some of you feel like your feet are slipping, your doors are being shut in your face, and God's saying, I'm shutting those doors so you will turn around and look where your dream is. Look what I spoke to you last year. Look what I spoke to you five years ago. Yes, the door is shut. Turn around and look and hold on to the promise of God. It's okay to have envy in your heart. Well, it's not okay, but we're human. But our dream is still alive. Our dream 
is still alive. Tell your neighbor, your dream is still alive. Even when someone has tried to kill or silence your dream. Joseph was Jacob's favorite son. His dream. Joseph's brothers threw him in a pit and sold him into slavery. Sold his dream into slavery. Took his dream from him and tr sold it into slavery in an attempt to snuff it out, to, to do it. You know the story of Joseph. Potiphar's wife hated the dream. Falsely accused it and sent it to an Egyptian jail. But the dream wouldn't die. A dream from God cannot be killed. It cannot be silenced by outside forces. I wish I could get another amen on that. A dream from God cannot be killed or silenced by outside forces. I want you to clap for this too. Only you can choose to let the dream die. Only you can choose. Killing it from within. Jeremiah 20 verse 9 says, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more of his name. But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary and forbearing, and I could not stay. 1 John 4 and 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you, come on, than he that is in the world. If your dream is dead, you've allowed something to kill it. And unfortunately, it's probably you. But it's not dead. What may appear gone, what may appear as never coming back is still alive. It's still alive even when you've tried to kill it, even when you've silenced it by your own mistakes, by your own misfortune, by the things that you've done. It is still alive. It's still alive when you've done something to hurt or delay the dream because every one of us has done something. Every one of us in the kingdom of God, not just here, all over this world, We've done something from time to time that let God or others or even ourselves down. You with me? Can I, can I read that again? Because uh, I got like three amens on that. And that's pretty important for us to understand. I'm going to be real. Every single one of us have let ourselves down. And if we can't see that, then there's no way we're going to see the dream that God has for us. If we cannot be real with ourselves and completely pull back the, the, the curtains or, or whatever is in our lives and say, God, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. Every day that I wake up, I'm a sinner saved by your grace, which is why I die daily, as Paul told us to do. If we can't be real there, then we are not going to find our dream. We're not going to realize our dream. Sometimes we have hindered the will of God in our lives by our own actions. But God does not hold that against us. God does not hold that against us. Instead, he waits for us 
to step back into his plan. God's purposes may be delayed, but they will not be denied. One of the greatest scriptures in the word of God, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, it says, if we are unfaithful, this isn't coming from a human being. This isn't coming from the relationship you have with your wife and sometimes parents. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. Every single person should be on their feet saying, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For he cannot deny himself. He loves us so much. No matter how many times we are unfaithful, no matter how many times we mess up and take it for granted, he remains faithful. Our dream is not dead because of our mistakes. Our dream is still alive, and it is greater than the disappointment I have right now. Your failure is not fatal unless you let it be. There's an old saying that says this. It says, it doesn't matter how much milk you spill as long as you don't lose your cow. It doesn't matter if you've hurt or delayed your own dream. Your dream is still alive. The dream is still alive even though you're in a famine. The famine at that time in Canaan was one of the hardest things that Jacob's family had to go through. There were people dying all around them. But what Jacob didn't realize was that God had allowed the famine. Don't question God on your prosperity. Don't question God on others and their prosperity. God allowed the famine in order to make him look toward Egypt and Joseph for help. Psalms chapter 37, a scripture we've heard many times. The steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. He delights in every detail of your life. Romans 8, 28, musicians, please come. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. Let me tell you this, I can love my wife, and I do love my wife with everything that is within me. I love my children with everything that is within me, but I still come short to them. They still love me. Don't let your mistakes think that God does not love you. Because you are unfaithful, His love doesn't change. So that means if we love God, which we're human, that means He is working for well, I got one, two, three people that agree with me. He is working for your good. He is working for your good. That makes me excited because I am a sinner, but I love him. I love him. Thank you, Jesus. 
It gives me expectation that he's not going to give up on me. It gives me hope because it says, and are called according to his purpose. (laughs) Yeah, I can be a loser at times, but God loves losers. You read earlier in Romans, in chapter 4, and you can stand with me. I'm closing. Chapter 4, verse 17 Paul is writing about Abraham. If if you would, pay pay close attention to these scriptures. It says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. This is Abraham we're talking about. It says, before him who he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be as though they were. Understand what I'm saying? This is about Abraham and who he thought God was, who he was in a relationship, who he trusted in his life, who hope, who against hope believed in hope. How many times have we been there when we're looking at a wall? But we came to church on Sunday. We were in a prayer meeting in our closet, and we have that hope our physical eyes, and maybe our attitude may not be right. But we can look back at Abraham, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And verse 19 says, and being not weak in faith, weak in faith we've got to build up our faith we've got to build up our faith he considered not his own body now dead when he was a hundred years old neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb he still believed verse 20 says this he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief There are things that are causing us to be unbelievers. There are things that are causing doubt in our hearts. But we must not stagger at the promise of God. He said, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And this is the scripture I want you to read with me. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. This is the very scripture after verse 21. It says, therefore being justified by faith. By faith, not in ourselves. Not in our paycheck. Not in our health. Not in the things of this world. But the faith in God will give us your health to regulate. There are worries and cares of this life that you shouldn't be having on your back. There are burdens that you are walking into here with that God is saying, if you would have faith in me, I would wipe this away. You could come here and you could have peace. 
And today I want to tell you that peace is here. And I would love for every single person to join me in this altar today and say, God, I am building my faith up. Please come. I'm building my faith up. I know that you're working on my behalf. You are working for me. God, I need peace in my life. Lord, I am not going to look at the outward. I am not going to allow the outward things, Lord God, to dictate how my life is led. Come on, will you cry out to him? If you need to repent this morning, I would encourage you to do that. We must do it every day. Lord, forgive me for my thoughts. God, forgive me for thinking that, Lord, there is waiting motivation for me to act. Lord, I'm going to act. I'm going to look back. I'm going to recall the promise. I'm going to hold on to the promise that you have given me, Lord. Come on, would you cry out to him today? Would you cry out to him today? Come on. He's working for your good. He's working for your good. Come on, he hasn't turned his back. Despite your unfaithfulness, despite my unfaithfulness, he still loves you. He still remains faithful. He can't deny himself. He can't deny his love. He still loves you today. He still wants you to have peace in your life. He still wants you to have hope today. Oh, come on. Come on. Cry out to him today. Cry out to him today, Lord. I'm not giving up. Lord, I'm not